podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. 1865, the Nottingham Forest podcast is proudly sponsored by The Terrace, the home of retro and fan culture sports merchandise. Check out their range of Forest merch by visiting theterrastore.com or visit them on social media. The 1865 Match Report. Hello and welcome to the 1865 Match Report on Boxing Day. We hope you had a very lovely Christmas and we're here to report on the thing that we knew would happen eventually, but uh, still a bit of pill to swallow at times. Forrest lost today, 2-0 away at Middlesbrough. Um, Inform Middlesbrough, I think it's fair to say. It was a game in which a goal in each half won it for the home team. Um, one of them being a comical own goal by Ryan Yates, which we will definitely need to dissect. I'm joined by the Maradona of the Midlands. Uh, Merry Christmas to you. And um, it, was, it was fair to say the best team won today, wasn't it? Yep, um, Forest were pretty, mu- pretty much outplayed for the majority of the match. Um, there was maybe a five ten minute spell in the second half where where we looked like we might get back into it, but apart from that, we, we were well beaten. Yeah, so Forest played a three four three as we kind of expected, to be honest, and and we expected that partly because we knew that that's the way that Middlesbrough would play would be the three five two, the Chris Wilder way. Um, but I think it's fair to say on this occasion that um, Chris Wilder out-tacticked Steve Cooper, um, which is obviously something we talked about in our most recent podcast. Now, with this um, lineup, it meant that Finn Back was playing at right wing back and Jack Colback at left wing back. And Marriage on the Midlands, although it was a relatively even start until the Yates' own goal, it was very obvious very early on that Middlesbrough were targeting our fullback areas, wasn't it? Yeah, I mean, they, they're out of the blocks very quickly and um, they're attacking down both wings uh, with reg- alarming reg- regularity. Um, the fir- they, they didn't seem to be much protection for our, our back five, really. There was like no, no so the usual sort of defensive shield you expect was being sort of bypassed and they were just getting at us. And also they, they were pressing really, really high and um, with a lot of intensity, which I was, I was worried about. I was thinking, well, I, I mean, I haven't seen a great deal of Forest in the last few weeks for, for whatever reason. Um, but I thought, well, no, maybe this is what happens now and we just got to get used to it and we, we'll be comfortable, we'll sort it out. But then it just, uh, it was the, uh, the place where we, where, where we got caught out, I'm afraid, on the first goal. Well, yeah, and I think you you touched upon something really important there. So Middlesbrough were playing frequently between the line of the uh, wing backs and the centre halves. So um, as you'd imagine, Joe Worrell was having to cover quite a lot for uh, Finn back in the in those. Uh, l- in the right-hand side for Forrest, left-hand side for Middlesbrough, and likewise with McKenna and Colback on the other side. But the thing that was really noticeable is that that defensive shield that Yates and Garner were hoping to provide, it was more or less non-existent. And the goal when it came, well, Hernandez had already um, threatened um, against Forrest, and, and he had a really, really strong first half being recalled to the Middlesbrough team. He was playing nominally as a forward, but he was floating around as you'd expect him to do. And he had a shot which deflected wide quite early on. But then when Samba 
um, tried to play the ball out to Ryan Yates. Yates made, well, three errors. So he received the ball about 25 yards out. First problem was his first touch wasn't as good as it should have been, just took his eye off the ball ever so slightly. That meant that we had the second problem where he lost his bearings. And then the third problem is he went to pass it back to Samba in a slight panic um, and, and ended up not looking, passing it in between the posts, which you never do. And of course, Samba was nowhere near it. And it was it, it really was symbolic for two reasons. Number one, obviously, it's the first goal in a match that was always where the first goal was always going to be important. But then number two is it really handed the initiative to Middlesbrough, which they really took for the rest of the half. Yeah, uh, they they really did. They were just um, first to every second ball. They were sort of winning all the 50-50 challenges. They had a lot more energy. Um, it sort of became a battle. When, when, it's, when you're sort of playing nominally the same formation as, as, as the other team, it's, it's just who's playing better, really, in that case. And they were playing well in every area. Um, on, on our right-hand side of our defence, uh, Finn back was having a torrid time, um, maybe not unexpected. He was against the experienced Neil Taylor, who was a, it was a bit of a surprise for me to see him playing for Middlesbrough. I didn't miss that one. And, um, and Hernandez was bullying him as well. Um, he, maybe not so surprising he didn't have the best game since it's his first start for about four months. So that plus his inexperience, plus his physical uh, inferiority compared to Hernandez, uh, really, really made, he had a really tough time. On the other side, Colback, although he was sort of um, there, you could see him, he was sort of being bypassed very easily. Um, Jones for Middlesbrough, their wing back was, was brilliant. He was really bombing board and, and it just emphasised how much we were missing uh, Max Lowe and uh, Jed Spence from, from our lineup. Everything that we've come to expect from them on uh, in the forest side, uh, they were they were um, Middlesbrough were showing from their two wing backs the sort of the constant movement, the uh, the non-stop hassling, the bringing the ball forward with energy, connect, connecting the defence to the midfield. Um, we were missing all of that. Our, our three forward players were it was reminiscent of the Chris Hutton days. They just looked so disconnected and so far away uh, from uh, our defence. Midfield was more or less non-existent. Uh, Ryan Yates running around a lot, but mm. not doing much. Jo uh, James Garner had like two touches the whole game. Was complete. The game completely passed him by. And Middlesbrough looked like they could score at will really in that first mm. half. And yeah, they had, as you said, they had enough chances to make it three or four nil at half time. Um, there was. Uh, a shot that was deflected by Figueredo, uh, which went um, just skimmed over the top of the net. Uh, Neil Taylor got through and he had an effort which Samba had to parry. Um, and before that, Spara, Andra Spara, had had um, two um, shots that both required saves by Samba. So one was saved by his legs and then the other one was a terrific save um, because he saw it late down to his right where he got a strong hand to it and even then Hernandez was the first man to the ball so Forrest it, that was symbolic of how much Forrest were on the back foot and then right at um before half time um the one that was probably the clear the closest effort even if it wasn't the easiest um Taylor put a uh, across into the corridor of uncertainty and it looked like it was going all the way through but Jones came out of nowhere managed to get a volley onto it hit the post so firstly I wasn't expecting anyone to get a touch on it and secondly when he got a touch on it 
us expecting to see the net bulge. So Forrest got away with one there. And actually, they got away with it on the whole um, because the only sight of goal they had also was a, a great run by Graben down the left-hand side. And then Zinkenagel's first touch was appalling and it meant that Paddy McNair could, could intercept, you know, relatively comfortable. So luckily it was only one nil at half time. And of course, given the run that we've been on, I think that gives Forest fans a glimmer of hope. Um, now I was expecting to see the tactical change that we saw at half time. So Tobias Figueredo was brought off. He had done nothing wrong in the first half. I think it's fair to say he'd actually had a reasonable match um, as the centre of the back three. But we saw Raul Carvalho come on. Zinkanagel nominally move over to the left-hand side. Um, were you surprised by that change at all? Um, I'm always a little bit surprised when Carvalho comes on, yeah. But, um, I mean, I, I, was, I was expecting some sort of change, but I, I, I wasn't really sure what, what would happen. But So it's, it's always a, a pleasant surprise, shall we say, when Zhao comes on. Um, he it didn't really make that much difference for the first 15 minutes or so of the second half. They were still pretty much all, all Borough at that stage. Um, Zhao was running around looking, trying to look busy, uh, but but not making a great deal of impact. But slowly, slowly, Forrest got into the half and um, had pretty much uh, the best chance for about, about an hour into it, was it? I'm guessing. Yeah, from memory. yeah. Exactly. So I think it's fair to say that, um, you know, what what the point you've made is is important. So Carvalho came on. Um, he did nothing wrong, I have to say. Uh, he got a yellow card deservedly a little bit later on. Um, but it was the change that was just as important there. And from a defensive point of view, the thing that I noticed was going to a back four meant that Colback and Finback both looked a, a lot more comfortable playing as orthodox fullbacks against this Middlesbrough team. And then also, particularly on the left-hand side, with Jones and Matt Crooks doubling up on Colback, Jimmy Garner was able to get into the match. He was sitting as the slightly deeper of the two central midfielders, and he was helping out a lot in the left-back position. And I think the fact that Garner was a bit more involved there actually helped him as well when it came to getting onto the ball. Now, to the chance that you mentioned, yeah, it was... Uh, an absolute golden chance. And I'd said earlier in our WhatsApp group chat that Middlesbrough will regret not taking their chances in the first half. And I thought the moment had come because Brennan Johnson, having been utterly peripheral for most of the match, had his moment. He managed to get past McNair and McNair had had him in his pocket for most of the game. Uh, got past McNair, did exactly the right thing, pulled it back to Zinkanagel, who was what near the penalty spots, just, just slightly closer than that. The pullback was perfect. Zinkanagel was in the right position. And then he just leant back and managed to sky it from about 10 yards. And that really was an appalling miss, wasn't it, Married on the Midlands? It was. It, it, it just it just needed a simple sort of side put into the corner. Um, and it, it's, oh, yeah, would have changed the game when it would have made it 1-1. Um, and symptomatic of, of, symptomatic of the match oh, that so was having. The, yeah, symptomatic. We said both said it at the same time, though. Well, there you go. Um, yeah. yeah, it's symptomatic of the uh, game as Inconagal was having. So, not, not a nothing game, really, not, not adding much. First touch was poor throughout. Yeah. Um, and yeah, and he, and he got hauled off 
not yeah. not long after. And and Cooper being Cooper, I'd imagine that was a, a, a change that he would have made anyway, because Zande Silva came on, forgotten man Zande Silva, and he played much more as an orthodox winger. So I think for the balance of having that 4-2-3-1, I can understand why uh, that was a good move to make. Uh, Forrest then had another really good chance, and I would have loved it if this one had gone in, because Joe Worrell uh, made a foray forward, um, and, and Worrell actually had a, had a pretty good match on the whole, I think. Uh, then he uh, made a foray forward from about 25 yards out. He played it out to the right flank to Brennan Johnson. Johnson managed to get the cross in and Worrell had continued his run and he got a header and it just looped over the bar um, and, and onto the roof of the net. And that's exactly the kind of goal that that I love when when defenders score, they continue their run and, and do that. It reminds me of watching Colin Cooper in the 90s, um, but it wasn't to be. And and let's be honest, I think that was that's that was where the match went and came and went, wasn't it? Yeah, it, it was. Um, it, I mean, it was very unlucky. It was a, a, a tremendous run and it just just stretching for the header. They could have maybe looped into the far corner, but it didn't. But then the middles were pretty much straight away went went down the other end. Um, we got got up down down the forest left hand side. Um, Samba did made a, a reasonable save from the first effort, but it went straight into the uh, danger zone in the penalty box, and Sprora, um was there to tidy it up and, and that was pretty much game over there um, and, and you know what for there'll be some people who'll be critical of of um Spara, uh, sorry some people will be critical of samba because Spara was able to sweep it home but actually i think the, the real problem was that um in that kind of left back position again where where garner and colback were trying to team up to stop crooks and jones you know, they were just they were just that yard or so behind. So really, it should have been blocked at source. And Samba, could he have done better? I'm ambivalent about that. If it'd been the other way around and Forrester attacking, it was Johnson putting the ball in and Graben sweeping home the rebound, then we wouldn't be talking about the opposition defending. We'd just be delighted at the goal that we've scored, I think. Um, and, and after that, I mean, it, it was game over, wasn't it? And, and, and Borough were, were dominant, weren't they? There were, um, there was some, I mean, that, what, what really st- stuck out for me was how many bodies they got forward um, throughout the game and how many players they were getting into the box. It, it, it did remind me a little bit of sort of the way Forrest has been playing in recent months at their best. Um, and you have to give them credit. They, play, they played well today and they, they look like a, a, a real threat for the playoffs. They've... Uh, They've got a slightly stronger squad than than you'd imagine, sort of not not paying them much attention from being from a Forest perspective. But then, so to bring in people like Taylor and and some of the players they brought off the bench, like Watmore, um, they've got a fairly decent strong squad, and um, might be strengthening strengthening it a bit more in January with the return of Jed Spence. So um, yeah, it's I've uh, heard he's uh, rubbish, shows. Yeah. <laughs> Um, oh, where, it's uh, also worth pointing out that that I don't see how Spence would fit into that team because Jones was absolutely terrific, and and from what we've heard, he's probably rivaling Spence for the best right wing back in the division at the moment. They've also got Dyke Steele, whose natural position is as a right back or a right wing back. 
Um, and Dyke Skills currently playing in the back three, along with Dale Fry and Paddy McNair. So, you know, if Spence goes back, he's he's not really wanting to get going to want to go back, is he? Because there's not going to be much game time for him there. Um, I think it's also worth pointing out that you know everyone talks about Wilder as being oh yes, going to play with a back three and wing backs. But the other thing that was very much a hallmark of a Chris Wilder team today was the physicality, and by that I don't mean they were brutal. I mean that. Uh, Middlesbrough were just relentless and every single time Forrest had the ball they'd always have a Middlesbrough player harrying them and hassling them there wasn't a single occasion when a Forest player could relax on the ball was there? That's yeah that is absolutely right um, it started right on on our on our defensive line they were sort of on them all, all throughout the game and that, that really set the tempo they, they sort of obviously sort of spotted that Maybe we're not as comfortable on the ball as some other teams are when playing out, and it's it's still fairly new to us. So that that really that did hurt us in the first half, especially. Um, a special mention, I think, for uh, Silver, who mm-hmm. came on for Forest. He 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 looked quite good. I'd, I'd, as you'd say, the forgotten man. I'd completely forgotten he was at the club. Um, so for him to come on and and, and do that, that was. Um, uh, and he and he hit the post uh, with two minutes to go, did, didn't yeah. he? Yeah, and and yeah. he did everything right there. That was an occasion where. Uh, a rare occasion where Colback had some space down the left-hand side after some good work um, by Garner and Silva. And Silva had pulled onto the edge of the box and he did everything absolutely right in terms of his technique. He's put his side foot through it. It's just one of those where on another day that hits the inside of the post and, and it looks like an absolutely brilliant finish on this occasion. It just hit the kind of face of the post and, and bounced away. Um, but yeah, he he showed... Uh, good energy he showed that he's got some ability whether that's something that's going to stand him in good stead we heard from Steve Cooper after the match that Joe Lolly's currently injured obviously we're a a bit thin when it comes to bodies aren't we at the moment so transfer window notwithstanding we're probably going to need the likes of Carvalho and Silva to be present and to be available aren't we yeah um and the game sort of come thick and fast um there's maybe a bit of an argument that the the quality drops off after our first eleven or twelve players. Um, I'm not sure people have been saying we need to sign another central defender, but we've, we've still, I mean, I think we've still got Eli Rodrigo at the club, and um, but he's I don't know how he's, he's struggling. He's struggling to get fit, isn't he? Yeah, so I mean, I think any any centre back you bring in now will struggle for game time to get past Warrell McKenna. And bigger readers, so they're going to have the same sort of problem, sort of bringing in somebody who, who won't play that often into the hurly burly of a championship match. Um, it's the fullback areas that they they've been the basis on which we've um, created our our run this season under Steve Cooper, and that that's that's where it's going to sort of make or break us. I think if we can buy some some hook or crook, keep um, Jed Spence and Max Lowe everything's looking rosy again um if we can't we're 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 struggling we're sort of scratching around looking for some more players i mean i don't know what's happened to was it jagger who came from uh olympiacos oh drager drager Drager, sorry he's well the trouble with him is that he's going to be off for the african uh cup of nations with tunisia 
which apparently is one of the reasons why he wasn't available today. I don't know if he'd have been picked ahead of Finn back anyway. Um, Max Lowe's injury might well save his season with Forrest in the sense of it makes makes it less likely he'll be recalled. Um, there's some talk about Forrest reigniting an interest in, in Lee Buchanan if Derby need to do a fire sale, which it looks increasingly likely that they will. Uh, right back, I mean, Finn back. Let, another word for him, really, because you said that he had a, had a torrid time in that first half. He didn't do a huge amount wrong. It was just that lack of experience and physicality, wasn't it? So in that sense, if he man- if, if Forrest can integrate him slowly into the first team picture during the course of the season, then that will stand him in good stead for the future, though, won't it? It will. Yeah, it's just it's, I think just the problem he, he's had is, is sort of coming up against two really experienced physical players today and and the lack of game time um yeah. in the last few months it is it's hard to just come into a, a team like that um so but yeah i mean if we can give him sort of a bit of experience here and there that's that's all that's all gonna keep us holding in good stead but he's very young yet so time's on his side mm, yeah uh just uh as a footnote let's talk about steve cooper who we've mentioned in the last big podcast that Cooper always knows the right thing to say and today he pulled no punches and he said you know Forrest weren't good we were second best we weren't up to the level of performance that we need he didn't apportion any blame in terms of players other than mentioning that uh, Phil was disappointed with that miss in the first half because it would have been a different game Um, so you know he's not he's not shirked his responsibilities there Due to Borough winning against us today and Huddersfield winning against Blackpool, it means that Forest dropped two places in the table. Um, now in ninth position with 34 points, but obviously due to COVID cancellations, there's other teams around us who've got games in hand. Would have been nice to put a bit of daylight there, but that's the way it goes. And then um, we wait and see sort of what happens. We've got the next match, which is against Huddersfield, I believe, uh, which is coming up in just a couple of days' time, three or four days' time. So that will be a good opportunity to try and get to the show back on the road. Although with a thin squad, uh, Forrest are really going to have to uh, pull out all the stops. So we say thank you to the Maradon the Midlands for joining us today. We say commiserations to Forrest, the players and the manager. And we also say thank you to you, listener, for joining us again today. And we'll be back soon. Sports Social Podcast Network.